0: You're listening to the Life Tree Community Church podcast, recorded on Sundays in Robinsville, New Jersey. Our goal is to help you grow from root to fruit. Thanks for tuning in. We're so glad you're here. So uh, I want to welcome you again to, to Life Tree. If you don't know, I'm Pastor Dan, and uh, grateful to have you here with us today. Um, today, listen. If you're here today um, and you weren't here last week, don't worry about it. If you were here last week and today, you still have perfect attendance. You know you've been to church all year long. You haven't missed a Sunday. Congratulations, but today is really a great day to be here. Um, today is Vision Sunday, and today is the day we kind of roll out and uh, just share what we feel like God has put on our heart and what we anticipate in the year to come. It's a day you know dedicated looking ahead to, to 2019. It's it's a great day. It's a very strategic day. It's an important day, and I think it hopefully gives you some perspective on. What is this thing, Life Tree? What are we doing? Why do we come every Sunday? And what's this all about? Today is the day for you. So glad you're here. Um, I love the potential of a new day, of a new year. You know, you stand at the, at the edge of a new year and you look ahead and literally anything can happen this year. Like anything. And some of you now, there, there's, there's something that just happened in the room. Some of you went, yeah, it could be terrible, Right. And some of you went, it's going to be awesome. And that lets me know a lot about your personality. All right. Now, you didn't maybe say it verbally, but you all showed it on your faces. So now I know. I know if you're a half full or a half empty kind of person, Joy is absolutely living up to her name. She is a glass, you know, completely full. Always, it's going to be a great day. Um, listen, there's going to be difficult days ahead. There's no denying that, right? There. Who knows what 2019 will hold, but hard things are going to happen. Pain is out there. But there's also going to be amazing days. There's going to be absolutely awesome stuff happening. It's a package deal. When you look at a year, you get both. You get good and bad. You don't, you don't get just one or the other. You're going to get it all. So there's going to be amazing days happening. So if you're sort of the Eeyore in here today, that's okay. But just so you know, it's not all downhill. There's going to be good that's going to happen this year. This year, there are going to be miracles. There are going to be some things this year that you see an experience that you never thought would come to pass. Right now, there are things that are going to happen to you that you're going to look back and say, I never would have imagined that this would actually come to pass. I'm telling you, it's out there. It's going to happen. People are going to change in ways that you never thought they could change in the year to come. Situations are going to change that haven't changed perhaps in decades for you. There are going to be things that you have been fighting for a long time. They're going to end this year. Okay, this is a year where anything can happen. We believe in a God who can do anything. And it's not because you're great or because there's just something magical about the the numbers two zero one nine, but it's about the God who loves us, who can do anything. This life of faith is an adventure unlike anything else. It really, truly is. Um, and I hope may, maybe um, there's probably some of you in here that are going, this is so idealistic, so. Reality denying such an illusion. These these Christians are such nice people. It's a shame they're so foolish to believe this stuff. And listen, I understand where you're coming from because it can sound that way. But the reality is, it's not about me. It's about the God who can do these things and who has done those things, because I can show you last year and we talked about it a few weeks ago, the things that God did in the last year and the year before that and the year before that. And I can look back in my life and tell you time after time after time how there are miracles That happened that shouldn't have happened. And if he did it before, he can do it again. And he's going to do it again because we're still here. And as long as you're still breathing and I'm still breathing, and as long as the world is still spinning, God is still in the miracle doing business. Okay, that's the reality. I live in a house that I shouldn't live in. It's a miracle I've told the story before. I could tell it again. I don't belong in that house. But God opened up doors. He blinded eyes to a real estate agent and to us. We didn't see a basement door. We walked away from the house for a year. Somebody else should have bought the house. We didn't think we were going to buy a house. But in time, I found a website with dimensions on a basement. I was like, I don't think that house ever had a basement. The house was way too small for our family. We said, can we just look at that house one more time? Our agent said, sure, whatever. We walked through the house. And guess what? There was the door. We didn't see it. We missed it. Huh, You what's the big deal? You missed the door. It cost you a year. Yeah, well, in that year, the house came down $100,000. The interest rate came down a full percentage point and that house became a perfect blessing to us. Every day I walk through those doors, I go, this is a blessing. This is a miracle. This is a miracle. I shouldn't be in this house. Not only that, when I walked in, they closed. They said, hey, here's there was a candle on our mantelpiece, a Yankee candle, a nice one, not the cheap ones, but like a nice Yankee candle, the big one, right, with a card praying God's blessing over our house and going, wow, that's an extra cool thing. Nobody does that. Not only that, at closing, the sellers said, you know what, we want to bless your family and pay for three months of landscaping so you don't have to worry about it as you're getting settled in. Who does that? Nobody does that because that's a miracle house, because that's what God does. And God can continue to do that. And I can sit here and I can I, seriously... The mayor knows I'm gonna write a book someday called It Just So Happens. I talk about it. Maybe this is the year. I don't know. But I continue to talk about it. It's gonna call called it It's Just So Happened. That will be the title of my book. It Just So Happened. It's gonna be the story after story after story of miracles. Because God can do those things. And it's twenty nineteen. We stand at the edge of twenty nineteen and we go, What's coming? And I don't know, but I'm telling you out there it's going to be a mixture. But I believe in a God who can do some incredible things. And it's a conviction that I have that life spent in relationship with God is abundantly better than any other life. A life spent in relationship with God is abundantly better than any other life. Our name of the church is Lifetree Community Church. Lifetree Community, that's the name of our church. You see it. We don't have very much, very much signage. It's, uh, it's not really out there. Um, we're working on that. Uh, they're, pretty, they're pretty sad. But we do have a name and it's Lifetree Community Church. There you go. You may have seen it on the website, things like that. Our vision for the church is to live up to our name. Very simply, that's our vision, to live up to our name, to be a life tree, to benefit those around us, the tree of life. Trees don't exist for their own benefit. They benefit the environment around them. We want to do the same because of us, that there would be more life than there would be without us. That's the vision for this church, that we would be here in this community among your family and your friends and your neighbors and your classmates, and that we would make this community better because we're here. That there would be more life because we're here. The goal was never one church, right? Just this sort of, you know, building and a, an organization. But the goal was a forest of life trees. That we would send people out to populate and make a difference wherever you are. The second word is community. That we're better together. Our vision is a word called fellowship. Fellowship, very simply, is the highest form of relationship. Think of what you know of relationship. Fellowship is the highest level of that. Fellowship says, I'm with you, I won't give up on you, I believe the best in you, and I give you what I have. No other relationship has that kind of depth of commitment. Truly, we are together in this life. No one is ever alone. Church is far more than a Sunday morning event. Church is community, like none other. And we're a church. It's Life Tree, it's a community, but it's also a church. At the end of the day, we're not a relief organization. We're not a non-profit. We're not a, a food pantry. We, don't do, we, we would love to support those things. That's why we support the food pantry. That's why we help Meals on Wheels. But we have to understand our identity is a church. It's often important to clarify what a church is. And you can start by saying what a church is not. It's not a building. We say it all the time. It's not a, it's not a name. It's not a brand. It's not a set of rules. It's not a club. The church is people. It's you and it's me doing our best to discover who God is, what that means for us, and how to live our lives in ways that express who we really, truly are created to be. So that's our vision. to so live up to our name, to be a tree of life for this community, doing it together. And we're a church. And so every day we're walking out what that means. And our mission as a church is very simple. It's to help you grow from root to fruit. You should have heard this before. It's very tree-ish, I know. Um, we don't back away from that. Roots. About faith, right? It's snowing now, right? Storms come. What keeps your trees vertical? It's the roots. It's what you don't see, right? The roots of your faith. It's what you believe when the storms of life come, when the wind blows, when the snow gets heavier, when the ice is going to come, right? What keeps you upright is that faith. It's what you actually believe about life that anchors you. It keeps you strong. But the goal is not just to say, hey, I made it. I survived. Look at me. I'm not dead yet. Right. It's not just about your roots, but it's also to grow and produce fruit. It's what comes out of you. Trees give out. Right. If it's a fruit bearing tree, I have a fig tree. At least I think so. It's had one fig so far. Right. Nick and Teresa have a gorgeous fig tree. It's like like eight feet tall. How many things you get this year? None. Guess what a tree that gives you no figs is good for? Nothing. You know what he's going to do? He's going to cut it down. Because it's useless and pointless. A tree that just says, hey, I'm here, but I'm giving nothing. I could burn it. It's all it's good for. Our mission is not just to help you have good roots and say, you know, I know what I believe about God. And nobody else knows a thing. It's what difference does what you believe make in the world around you? Are you a catalyst for anything? Is the world any better? Is there any more life in the world because of you? That is our mission to help you grow from root to being fruitful. What does fruit look like? Bible is very clear. It looks like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Are you those things? Are you growing in those things? If not, hey, we've got a church for you. That's what we're here to do. Help you become more loving, more joyful, more peaceful, more patient, more kind, more good, more faithful, more gentle. Come on, Jersey, more gentle, more self-control. The measure of our fruit is what we give to our world, to our community, to each other, to our families and to God. Trees are judged by their fruit. They can't fake it. Can't be like, you know, I've popped out an orange, but I'm really an apple tree. Yeah. You are what your fruit says you are, because fruit is just an indicator of the roots. Right. And if you say, I don't know where that came from, I do. It came from your roots. Right. And if we're not rooted something healthy and growing, then we produce bad or corrupt fruit, right? It's never a fruit problem. It's always a root problem. So that's our mission. I know it's all tree-ish. I said I make no apologies for it. So another part of being tree-ish is that we have seasons. Trees don't bear fruit in every season, right? Like my fig tree should not be producing figs right now. It's kind of weird. We brought it inside, so it's in a pot. So I brought it in and it's actually starting to sprout now. Like it was dead and now I'm starting to get new leaves. I'm like, what the heck? This is like January. This tree's all confused. Um, But it's not bearing fruit yet, right? But it doesn't bear fruit every season and that's okay. But when it comes time to bear fruit, it better have fruit on it. But I can't get angry at my tree in January. The key is to know what season you're in. If you're in a fruit bearing season and you're not bearing fruit, something's wrong. But if it's the winter and it's supposed to be regrouping, then that's okay. You've got to identify what season of life are we in each season is crucial for health right every season God doesn't waste a season each year our pastoral staff spends time praying and asking God to reveal what season we're entering and we reveal that and we share it and we talk about it and it it formulates because even as a church we go through cycles and seasons right of, of our own development and growth and today I'm going to share that with you what we feel like God has put in our heart for 2019 and for me, context is helpful. I'm going to share with you first just the history to let you know how we got here and uh, help you see the progression of Life Tree. So I'm just going to go through them really quickly. So in 2010, I was preparing the ground. That was the year we began to become a church. We started Life Tree in 2010. 10-10-10 was our grand opening. It was an easy one to remember. That's the only reason. October 10th, 2010, in the Sharon Elementary School, we started. It was here year just preparing the ground. If you've ever done a garden, you, you kind of turn over the dirt. That's what we were doing, just preparing the ground. Getting ready. 2011 now. Here we go. Let's start to plant seeds. It's the seed planting time. It was not a fruit time. It was just a, let's just start planting seeds. It's got nothing in the ground. Let's just start putting stuff in the ground. 2011. 2012 now, guess what? Year of cultivation. Let's now, instead of start planting seeds more places, the seeds we've already planted, let's just roll up our sleeves and get to work just cultivating that. Weeding it, watering it, tending to it, letting it grow, beginning the work. Year of 2013 was a year of increase. We began to see growth just a little bit, just a little bit, a little sprout coming out, just a little bit. But we're going to start to see now it's not seed bearing time. Right? It's not called, now it's starting to break through. We're going to start to see that what we're doing is, is working. Like when you see green, you go, OK, all of that stuff, it worked. Right. It's not done yet, but there's we're, we're on our way. Right. That was 2013. 2013 was increased and 2014 was a year of maturity. OK, now it's going to start to grow and become a mature church. And that was the year we went from being a, a church with oversight and just sort of like a, you know, we're, we're kind of tentative to now we were a sovereign. We were self-sustaining financially and we had a board and we had membership and we we formalized and we incorporated and we were a legal entity. We actually became Life Street Community Church all by ourselves. 2015 was a year of first fruit. Now we're going to start to see some fruit. But there's different types of fruit. There's first fruit and then there's a second harvest. The second harvest is more. First fruit is just, in Scripture, you take that first fruit and you give it back to God as an offering. It's different than tithe. Right? A tithe is you get, you get your paycheck and then you say, okay, I'm going to take 10% of that money and give it to God. The first 10%. That's what you do with a tithe. But that's after you get paid. First fruit offering is, hey, guess what? We've got some. And before I take any for myself, I'm going to give it to God. I'm giving it on the front end, trusting that the harvest is coming. It was a very different perspective so it was okay this is a year to give to god as an as as a symbol of trust that he's got better for us ahead 2016 was a year of giving now how can we be a blessing to others what can we begin to give 2017 a year of wonder we began to see god move in miraculous ways and i could I mean, you can go back and listen to some of those old messages and we talk about just the miracles that God began to do in our church. And now 2018, last year was a year of multiplication that God said, OK, now guess what? Life tree, now I'm going to help you start starting other churches and start multiplying this thing. We helped four other churches get started last year. And and there's and there's more again and every one of these seasons was not just for that time. But now it implanted in us a DNA that will carry us through multiplication, wonder, those things, giving those things just reside in us. They weren't a one and done. So now we come to 2019 and what is our theme for this year? Well, you can see it in the front of your programs. You can see it on a sign here and it'll be on the screen behind me. We felt that God said 2019 needs to be a year of Jesus at the center. It's a very different theme than probably our other ones. It's not so tree-ish, except I did put a tree cutting on there just to kind of involve, you know, had to do the tree thing somehow. Um. But Jesus is at the center. And I want to unpack what that means. And of course, you know that there are things in here. We'll call them Easter eggs, but little things in here. OK, so this is our ninth year as a church. I guess how many rings there are. Yes, there are nine rings, nine rings for our nine years as a church. Um, not only that, but this year we will be sharing with you nine different sermon series. I didn't plan that. But I just found out afterwards. I was like, hey, look, we're doing nine series And she, Nine. Oh. <gasps> It was like, wow, that's cool. I didn't mean it, but it turned out that way. Um, So it's uh, it's pretty pretty neat. But I want to unpack what what we mean when we say a year of Jesus at the center, because when you first hear it, you go, shouldn't he always be? Right? Like, duh. Right? Like that shows my age, right? Right? That was what we used to say back in the 90s. Um, In the Bible, there's a book called Colossians. Of all the books in the Bible, this book is famous for the way that it presents Jesus. Right? This book is just extraordinary with the way Paul, who wrote it, uh, writing a letter to this really small city called Colossae. And he contains some of the most incredible words about Christ uh, in this book. And so I just want to read just, just a few verses. Uh, chapter 1, it's going to be on the screen. A small portion of that. Colossians 1, 15 through 17. what so it, says, it says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. See, when you see the human Jesus, here's just a summarize what he says. It says when you see a human Jesus, you see God. And when Jesus walked on the earth as a man, he was more than just a man. He was man and God, the creator of all things in the flesh, in the flesh. Right? And not only did he create the world, but he continues to give it life. And then it ends with that phrase He holds all creation together. He holds all creation together. It means he puts it in order it puts everything in its place okay it's like a type a personality dream right he holds all things in their order Right. You've got your little cars lined up. Matchbox cars. Anybody else used to do that? Army men. Right. I had army men lined up. Maybe it was your dolls. And you had your dolls all lined up. Right. You had your everything had an order. You sit here. You wear this. You do that. Right. When you play, you can see you can tell a lot by about kids minds by how they play with their toys and what they've organized. And I used to organize them like that. Then my sister would run in and kick them all and run ruin them. And I would have a meltdown because she was moving my order. Right. It says, God puts everything in its proper place. You know, something interesting that none of you are thinking about right now, but you will in a moment, is that gravity is keeping you all in your seats right now. How funny if we flipped a gravity switch, we'd all be like floating up into like, wouldn't that be odd? Like, could you imagine what it would look like right now if we just flipped that switch and you'd all be like, like, how many of you would be like holding on? You're like, I'm going to hold on down here. And how many of you would be like, I want to go up there. I want to see what's up there, right? Like, it, it, it'd be different, um, if we threw that gravity switch off, you know what would happen to the solar system? Even if it was for like just a second. Right? Like planets, would, entire planets and solar systems would collapse. Right? They would go off course just the slightest bit, even, even for a second. And planets would now be thrown out of their orbit. The Earth would be thrown off course. Other things would begin to collide. Never mind what would happen to all the things on your dresser at home. Right, like we would be hurtling into space. You'd be flying out. Forget, like if, if Earth was thrown off its axis and off its, I'm telling you, it would be a nightmare. Can we just say a little thanks right now for gravity? Hey, thanks for gravity, God. All right, it's working. Um, but gravity keeps life in order. Without gravity, there'd be a whole lot of chaos. There'd be a whole lot of chaos. Um, there's this thing called the chaos order continuum. Okay, there's this, and and it and it's. It's, it's a reality in so many different spheres of life and it's in science, right? In, in business, in relationships, right? There's always this balance between chaos is over here and order is over there. And somewhere in between is where you live, right? And, and where things exist. Chaos is defined by Merriam-Webster as unpredictability in the behavior of a complex natural system, a state of utter confusion, a state in which anything can happen, which chance is supreme. How many of you have uh, chaos in your home? Don't raise your hands. Um, How many of you had chaos in the car ride here today? Um, I'll tell you what chaos is. Chaos is the Chick-fil-A drive-through line any day but Sunday. Okay? I heard this morning that chaos is also Costco. Has anybody ever been to Costco? Like, just walking through Costco is chaos. Okay? Okay? You just know, chaos is um, any one of our school's parking lots at... Uh, pick up time. All right. You want to take your life in your hands. Try and pick your kid up. You really want to make it fun. Go around the cone. Oh boy. Go around the cone. And you will think that, right? Like the world is, is exploding. People just, and they will write about you online. <laughs> they will talk about you and they won't talk about you personally. They'll just say to the person, to the white Honda that cut me off. Right? Like, Wow. Wow, that's bold, really bold. Nothing like doing it on social media. Um, So there's chaos, but then there's order. Order is a state of peace. It's freedom from confused or unruly behavior. Respect for law or proper order. A regular or harmonious arrangement. The way things should be. Order is the library. You walk in the library and the books are arranged by author. Right? They've got numbers with decimals. Three places. To let you know where that book is and arranged by fiction, nonfiction, science, business, math, young readers, little light readers, right? Uh, you, and then the section that nobody's allowed to look at, right? There's every book arranged by author and type. Order is the phone in your pocket or your purse right now. Every piece of technology arranged in such a way that when you push just a tiny little button, it comes to life. Satellite signals all over are rooted to you and when you push a certain button, messages are transmitted to the precise other person that you intended, unless you have fat fingers, right? So that precise other person and they receive the message that you intended to send them. I'm telling you, you want to talk about order? It's incredible how many things have to happen precisely for that to work. Order at its pinnacle is Starbucks. You get out your app, you order exactly what you want, with exactly how many pumps, with some fictional sizes, which I don't know what they mean, right? With these drinks that are pretending to be coffee. You know, where's, where Nate is, Nate drinks a little bit of coffee and mostly creamer, right? So like you, you get to drink what you like. And when you show up, there is your drink waiting for you with your name on it, with your thing. And you don't even have to talk to anybody. You just walk in, pick it up and walk out because like, you prepay and, it, cause, and the system sends money from your bank to theirs. It works seamlessly. That is order. So there's Costco and Chick-fil-A and then there's Starbucks, right? There's chaos and there's order. And there are times when we lean one way or the other right now in your life. If I asked you where you were at in your personal relationships, you would know. Are you leaning towards chaos? Are you leaning towards order? Right now in, right, in your financials, are you leading towards chaos? Are you leaning towards order? Right now in your health, chaos or order? Right, right now in, in, your, in your future and what you think of this year to come, are you, are you more fearful or are you more in order? Where, are, where do you end up? Here's some good news for you today. The God who made gravity and maintains it also made us. And the Scriptures tell us that Jesus holds all things together he puts everything in order he reorders our chaos there's a world out there that's vying for our heart and like gravity it pulls us in all sorts of directions maybe it's a relationship that fights for your attention Or a job and all the drama that keep you up at night. Or maybe it's fear, depression, stress. Maybe it's a hunger for acceptance. Maybe it's comparison. I don't know what it is. But there are all these things that pull us in all sorts of directions. And life has a way of pulling at us constantly. And so what happens is we drift. The reality is I know Jesus. I have a relationship with him. But all of these things pull me towards chaos and away from order. And I know that I should be spending time daily reading the Bible. And I know that I should be spending time praying. And I know that I shouldn't be getting angry so easy. And I know that I shouldn't be so petty. And I shouldn't be comparing myself. But guess what? I just drift. And Jesus, the center is over there. And I'm over here. And I'm getting farther from order and and closer and closer to chaos. I don't care how slick the words are. I don't care how intelligent or how wise. I don't care how well said or how nice they sound. There's nothing so powerful as timely words. Most important words in the world are timely words. The right word at the right time is priceless. And I believe that God has a timely word for us today. And it's this. It's time to make Jesus the center. This is not a condemnation. If you feel like he already is. And it's not a judgment if he's never been. It's simply an exhortation and encouragement. This is the year to make Jesus the center. For me, I think of the word, and I think it was Natalie who shared it with us in our board meeting, but a recalibration. Over time, I play guitar. You know what? The more I use the guitar, it goes out of tune. I have to retune it constantly. Every, actually, I don't retune it. Nick graciously retunes my guitar every Sunday because I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off. I walk up here and it's all set. But every time we have to... Re- Guess what? I don't know how long you've been following Jesus, but it doesn't matter. We constantly have to retune, recalibrate, and reorder our hearts and say, God, I need you to recenter me because I've drifted. It just has a way of pulling us. If Jesus is not the center of my life, here's the harsh reality. Something else is. And whatever that thing is, it's incapable of holding everything together. That role is reserved for Jesus. Not only does Jesus hold the world together, but he holds me together. Jesus is the only force that will hold your world together today, tomorrow, and the rest of every day throughout your year. So how? How does Jesus become the center of our life? If we drift, how do we do that practically? It's a very simple answer, and it goes like this. One day at a time. That's how Jesus becomes the center. He becomes the center one day at a time. When you walk into a messy kitchen, if some of you have messy kitchens, some of you are... I know where you are on the chaos order continuum because you don't have messy kitchens. But hypothetically, let's say you walk into a messy kitchen... Rarely do you snap your fingers and like Mary Poppins, the dishes start washing themselves and putting themselves away in the cupboards. Right? You know what you do? You start with one dish, with one cup, with one fork, with one napkin, and you begin to put it away. Some of you never leave, You just don't touch it and you just leave it there and you're OK with the chaos. And that's, again, not going there. That's a different conversation. But it's the same with our lives. There's no magic button that we push and instantly our chaos is ordered. It doesn't work like that. You don't just walk in. All of a sudden, everything that's a mess is certainly in line. And wow, look at that. Isn't that amazing? My life is perfect. It doesn't work that way. But we can get there one day at a time. The root of my day, the root of my order is the time I spend with Jesus. Every day I set aside time to center my life on Jesus every single day. I, get, I start with a Bible and I, I take a journal, something like this, right, and a pen and uh, before I read, I ask God very simply this. I say, um, Jesus, open my thick head and show me what I need to know today. Just today, because tomorrow I can't even get there. How about just today? Can you show me what I'm going to need to know today? And I use this silly acronym, which you've heard before if you've been to Life Tree for any length of time. It's called SOAP. And uh, I, I, I'll explain that in a minute if you don't know. And I use a Bible reading plan, and I just... So, OK, this is what's today's date. This is what it tells me to read. OK, I make enough decisions. I don't want to make a decision about that. You tell me what to read. OK, I'm good. And so I open my Bible. I read it. I have my journal open. And this is what I do. I start with S and S is for scripture. As I'm reading, I ask for something to stand out. And if something stands out to me in my journal, I will write down just that verse. I, write, I literally write a little S in the left column and I write my scripture. So, for example, if I were to read this passage, I would write, he holds all things together. He holds all creation together. That's what I would write. And that's it. And I've completed step S. And then I move on to O, which is observation. What do I notice about that? What stands out to me about that? And so I would write something like this. I think what big hands God must have to hold all things together. He holds my life and all its problems And your life and all your problems and everybody's life and all their problems and so many things I don't even know about. And he keeps it all from falling apart. God must have really big hands to hold it all together. And then I would write, isn't it ironic how often I blame God for all the problems in the world? Yet I have no idea what it would look like if he let go. Yet again, I have underestimated the goodness of God. That'd be my observation. And then I move on to A, application. Okay, so what? What are you going to do about it? Because you know what good it is to read the Bible and not do anything with it? You might as well just not even spend time. Because it's just like, so you, know, you know when you meet somebody and you go, Hi, I'm Dan, and they say their name? It was like they went like this. And I'm like, dang it. No idea what their name is literally one second ago that they told me their name and I have no idea what they're saying. So exactly what it's like when you read the Bible. Don't interact with it. Don't make any application. You close it and I can ask you, what did you read this morning? Jesus? God? Love? I don't know. Believe something. I don't know. Like that's what that's what happens. So application today, what are you going to do based on the fact that God's got big hands and holds your world together? So for me, I would write something like this today. Every time I feel like life is out of control, I need to just stop and pause and remind myself that God refuses to let go. I just need to thank him for holding my life together. Every time I feel like chaos is entering my world, I just need to understand God's got it. It's pause, breathe. That could be one simple step. So I've now done my application for today. That's going to be my focus today. So if you ask me at the end of the day, what did you read? I'm going to tell you God's got big hands because he holds all creation together. And then at the end, P, you can guess that it's a prayer because I write my prayers down because like most of you, I have a hard time focusing when I start to close my eyes. I start thinking of all the things I got to do today. And I got to start thinking about, wow, the Yankees really signed a second baseman. Does that mean we're out on Machado? Okay, I guess so. And then I start thinking about all these other things. And I really hope the Eagles lose. And, you know, he just starts going and I'm supposed to be praying and I'm just nowhere near anything spiritual. So what I do is I actually write down my prayer and I can show you I've got journal after journal after journal filled with this kind of stuff because it just helps me center myself. This is the root of my day. And the root of my day always determines the fruit of my day. The fruit of my day will determine the fruit of my year. So for you, the root of your year, the fruit of your year will be determined by the time you spend daily with Jesus. And I believe Jesus wants you to hear this timely word today. He would say to you, I want to be close to you. I want to guide you. I want to guard you. I want to heal you. I want to grow you. So the question for you is will you make him the center? Very simply, will you make him the center? I don't know what's ahead. I don't know what this year is going to hold for us. I don't often promise things publicly because that's dangerous. (laughs) Especially when they're recorded. But I will today. If you will commit to making Jesus the center of your days... You're going to walk through this year with a clarity unlike you've ever known. You're going to find strength you didn't know you had. You're going to experience a wholeness that you thought was unattainable. You're going to find yourself receiving wisdom exactly when you need it. You're going to sense the Holy Spirit protecting you and guiding you and healing you. You'll find power in your day. If you'll make Jesus the center, here's the thing you're going to change. And you're going to be transformed more and more into the image of the one who's at your center. So two things. And we're going to close in just a minute. So Nikki can come on up and Claire. So X factors. It's a new year. We're going to continue with X factors. That's uh, the letter Chi for Christ. It's actually backwards because it looks a little better because it's X and then an F. So X factors, but that'll be the logo you look for. So instead of doing X factors every month and X factors are things last year, there were things that multiplied our faith. This year, X factors are going to be things that help you center your life on Jesus. Somebody help put X marks the spot, how to put Jesus at the center. So every time you see that, that's what you know it's about. So we're going to do one each series throughout this year. There'll be nine X factors this year. I'm introducing something called the Center Challenge. The goal is that you would participate in every X factor this year. If you want to, you're in on the beginning. So you get a chance? You can participate in every X factor this year? We want to help you get started. So the first X factor is going to be this. is so very simple. Would you read, journal and act on it? four or five days a week? You can be an overachiever and try and do eight days a week if you'd like. but um, you know four or five is, is a good start. It's a good target. We're going to help you get started. So this is called the Jesus Centered Journal. It's produced by Life Tree. It's actually not us. It's another group. It's a, it's a, it's a publishing group that we found. It's called the Jesus Centered Journal. We just found this after the fact. It's super cool. So everybody, you're getting one today. Okay, they're on the back counter. So when you leave today, you're going to get this journal. Okay, in the journal is going to be a, a card that helps you. With soap, it's going to give you just a little bit of a, a breakdown of what that means. Uh, if you're if you're a teen in here, we've got special journals for you that Pastor Dre is going to be giving out um, this week at youth, so you can get one from him there. But we got one for every adult that's in here. Uh, the kids are going to be getting their own stuff. They've got stuff that's coming for them, so it's pretty neat. Everybody's going to get one. There are Bible reading plans if you don't know what to read. There are bookmarks. It you know, tells you what to read if you'd like to do it on your phone download the, the Bible app, version Bible app. It's the best app in the world. Uh, it's actually millions and millions, I don't even know, hundreds of millions of downloads. It's incredible. It's in so many languages. It's awesome. You can download it and uh, we follow the Life Journal reading plan. It's on our website. You can follow along. You can click on it and you can read along on your phone. You can read along on your tablet. You can read along on your computer. Read along however you'd like. And the goal is going to be that you would read... Take a note. Act on it. God help me today. Thanks for listening to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. For more information about our church, visit us at wearelifetree.com or on Facebook and Instagram at wearelifetree.